0: With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. first month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier
1: and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by
0: T-Mobile.com or store for details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Jake Watroba. And with me today, down in Dallas, Texas, is Armon Kafai, And in Madison, Wisconsin, Steven Jodoran. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at UncSamSoccerPod. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and any other major podcast streaming platform. Make sure you leave us a good review. We only accept five-star reviews. On this week's episode of the show, we break down MLS playoffs, and we look ahead to the conference final matchups. Plus, we'll also have an installment of the Counterattack with yours truly, Jake Watroba. Now, let's get to today's show.
0: <whistles> Fallas. How yes. you guys doing? We're doing well. Jake, I was going to ask you, how are we enjoying winter?
2: It's a little early. A little early for winter, uh, considering we have what a month and a half before it's officially winter so i don't like that i have a uh, about two inches of snow in my
0: uh in my yard <laughs> right yeah. now i don't know how about you what do you how, how are you liking it oh it's terrible terrible uh, armand what's the weather like down in dallas these days
1: it's getting cold um allegedly it's gonna be nice rainy and very cold tomorrow uh nothing you know what's out cold of norm what's cold okay for us Texans, it's around like you know thirty forty degrees.
0: That's so, like, it's
1: reasonable.
0: It's reasonable. It's not bad. No, uh, by no, the way, that's listeners. Sorry, Jake. I was gonna say Armand's mic still having issues. Is we think it's Armand's computer that's having the problem. So please forgive yeah. us that Armand is sounding terrible today.
1: Mm. I sound terrible on the regular though. So
0: that's true. And but don't uh,
1: don't need a mic for that,
0: J- Jake. I'm sorry that I cut you off. Please continue.
2: No, I was just going to comment on the temperature in Texas and what Armand considers cold, because I would kill if it was like 45 degrees right now. Hey, come
0: on
1: down, brother.
2: That sounds pretty nice right about now. Come
1: on down, brother.
0: We got room for you. (laughs) Anyway, Armand, you weren't on our last edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, where some hot takes were being played. But for the last year, I've heard nothing but Columbus Crew fans Tell me how passionate they are. 12,892 show up for their playoff game after the announcement that the team is going to stay? Are you kidding me? So, Armand, you listened to the show. You heard the hot takes. How do you see it? How did you see the beginning of these MLS playoffs being played out? The attendance being a big talking point uh, throughout all the opening round games and into the first legs.
1: Uh well I guess in the second legs wasn't much of an issue, no. I mean outside of Red Bull, I gotta get the uh, attendance number. Um but I mean looks like every other team had like a nice a nice sellout. Um in Red Bull they actually announced their attendance to at twenty two thousand seven hundred eighty nine, uh, which is pretty much better than most of the other teams had uh in the in the in the opening legs. It is an issue, and part of it is due to MLS scheduling, but, I mean, part of it is also due I think, hey, look, some of these markets struggle, and we saw it we saw clear as day uh, in those markets. as They continue to struggle. I mean, there's a reason why uh, Columbus, you know, has never had the best attendance in the league. Dallas has also been awful. Marcel has been pretty, you know, meh as well. I mean, I mean these are kind of expected. I hate to be that guy, but they're kind
0: of expected. What about uh you, you were obviously at the FC Dallas Portland game but that was a a terrible look for the league even the NYCFC Philly game why do you think these teams struggle why do we have such a contradiction between you know those opening round of games where you have one night where the atmosphere was flat it was terrible and the following night DCU uh you know Audi Field was rocking LAFC at Bunker California Stadium was rocking. It's such a juxtaposition uh, uh, of a situation for MLS.
1: No, it really is. I mean, you look at it. You have one night where it's absolutely awful. Next night where it's absolutely rocking. I'm excited to watch soccer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fact of the matter. I mean, what we, we can look. NYC is not a soccer stadium. It's going to get to them. You remember when they had that 30K we, we always talked about? It. Now it's kind of dropping down. It's kind of regressing. Mm-hmm. Etsy Dallas, I mean, do we even need to talk about them? They've continued to struggle week in and week out. They're not good uh, in where they are currently right now. They don't average well. I don't think they even – they apparently got close to something out the stadium. But, I mean, from what I saw with my eyes, it was the SKC match, the penultimate match. They didn't look like a sellout. These markets continue to struggle. It's a mistake of, in my opinion, of uh, MLS saying, hey, let's go after the suburbs, go after the suburbs. Oh, you got the teams. In, the teams that are in the suburbs are struggling, while teams in the nice metro, you know, downtown markets are doing really well and are really healthy. I mean, look, Dallas is no excuse. If I'm if we're gonna if we're gonna you know uh, rag on Columbus, I'm off to rag on Dallas. No excuse. They deserve it. Plain and simple.
0: Jake, now we've we've talked about at length. Any comments from last week that you wanted to touch up on, bring back up, maybe adjust? anything (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) i I don't know if i necessarily want to bring
2: anything up per se i will say just to kind of build off of armand's point about um these empty stadiums kind of if, if, if you're flipping out you know through the channels or uh you know you're looking for something to watch and you put on a fc dallas portland timbers match being held in frisco texas and there's maybe 10,000 people there. You're not going to want to watch that game as opposed to uh earlier this afternoon we had 70,000 at the uh at the Benz, I think is what we call it down in Atlanta, uh to watch Atlanta United and NYCFC and you put that game on there's an atmosphere, it sounds loud, it sounds fun, it sounds like a good old time. I think you're more likely to leave that 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 game on.
0: No, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I, it will be interesting to see how MLS deals with this going forward because you do have the introduction of a lot of teams coming in. You have FC Cincinnati, you have Nashville, you have Miami. How are they going to do attendance-wise? And are 1.0 1.0s going to come to the point where we rarely ever see them on television? Where people know the big names, the Sounders, Portland, LAFC, the Galaxy, Orlando City, if they can ever get what's going on in the field right, Atlanta. Maybe the Red Bulls, Toronto, and then all the new boys, Miami, FCC, depending on what Nashville does. Is that all we're going to see on television where, you know, if you are in a market like Houston, like Dallas, Colorado, New England, list goes on and on, Columbus... Are we not going to see them? And are people not going? Is MLS going to brand itself where it's top heavy and all that matters are the Manchester Uniteds, the Chelseas, and screw Fulham, screw Crystal Palace?
1: Yes, hundred percent. I mean, why wouldn't you play to your strengths, right? You want to make an entertaining uh, product. Why would you want to put on a game such as you know? I keep referencing FC Dallas Portland, but you know what? I'm gonna keep bragging on it. FC Dallas and Portland. Why would you want that game to be an advertisement for a league? Where you can have a game like DC and Columbus, which is a great advertisement for a league, which is fun, which was exciting. You want that fun, exciting product to be aired on national television. That's why the Cowboys are on there week in and week out. They drive the ratings. You know the the Cowboys can be awful, but they drive the ratings no matter what. Seattle, they've had bad year. They drive the ratings no matter what. Portland, same thing. And even though the ratings don't go up as much. Well, it one point zero. They're just there's not fun atmosphere. Not great adverts for the league. I mean, <laughs> the the best actually, that game I've gone to was was either a 2015 playoff game or a 2016 Lamar hunt us open cup final
0: oh 100 i mean outside of that
1: 100 percent. yeah I, and i know steven you agree you loved that you were there outside awesome. the atmosphere there's n- i don't find any regular season game it makes me go wow this is great for a league i would definitely convince someone else to come but atlanta games week in and week out uh i actually didn't get a chance to talk to y'all on the pod about this uh but when i was in baton rouge uh last week i don't think i did uh a woman was talking to me about how she loves Atlanta United games, how she was going to the NYC game today and how she felt the atmosphere. It's like well, Baton Rouge, awesome and all, but that atmosphere in Atlanta is something else. This is from a woman who's born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You know, your your whole life around there is LSU football. And she's out here talking about how the Atlanta United atmosphere is awesome. Great. Show me pictures of her going to away games for, uh, against Orlando. Show me pictures of the Benz, you know, all that good stuff. Meanwhile, we have like absolutely embarrassing atmospheres uh, across the league, uh, and yeah, why would ESPN or Fox want to show his games? If you know, if a team isn't going to invest in themselves and you know show up, hey, look, we we want you know we we're showing off a good product for a league. I mean, who cares? Dallas is like, one of the best teams in the last few years like, across uh, the last few years, and they've barely been on national television. I don't think they had a single home game on national television
0: this year. It's always on the go. road. It's always on the road. Dallas always go. plays on there the
1: road. There you go. There you go. That's all you know. They're not. They're. They, they. don't provide for a great advertisement for a league, and overall, they don't drive ratings. So why should they be on national TV?
2: I feel like you guys are beating the drum that I. I've been beating for the last you know five, six, seven months, uh, at least since I've joined the show. Is that MLS needs to do a better job of just marketing the atmosphere rather than the game itself and like you're saying, why put a home or uh, why put an FC Dallas home match on TV when you can put a Atlanta United home match on or a LAFC home match or Portland or Seattle or I mean, even SKC. I mean, like, I know Minnesota United is bad, but I feel like the atmosphere with the Minnesota United matches are are even pretty good for a for a bad team in a football stadium. So it, it just doesn't make any sense to put Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, New England on national TV any given week.
1: Just wait. I for- mean, I mean what 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 did Warshaw say when we talked to Warshaw? He said he thought the gateway drug was the atmosphere, was actually going to a game. Well how do you pull someone to go to that atmosphere? Well, I don't know. Try to advertise the atmosphere in the game and make it oh wow, this looks really fun, it's really exciting. I don't know, it's a really just a uh, bizarre, it's a really, you know, out there thought.
0: Send us your comments on Sam soccer pod, and now let's introduce the new segment. Yes, it's the Full Press with Armand Kafai. Armand, you got four minutes to recap everything that happened these last couple of days in MLS playoffs. Every minute you'll hear a fantastic horn. It is this horn that tells you to move on. And are you ready to go? So this is like, so for our listeners,
1: if you've ever heard a fastest two minutes by Chris Berman, well, I'm going to try to do four minutes. So we'll see how
0: this goes. This could be a total disaster. I have no idea what Armand's going to say. We told him you have your own little four-minute segment because he loves to ramble on, so we figured we might as well just dedicate four minutes to the show and see what happens. Armand, the timer starts now. Go.
1: Let's start on Thursday where we saw the Portland Timbers and the Seattle Sounders square off in a fantastic Instant Classic. Steven, you thought it was an Instant Classic?
0: Yes, Instant Classic that nobody watched. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that there there you go we saw Raul Ruiz Diaz nail smash a absolute volley in the 93rd minute to give Seattle the tie and force the game to go into extra time Darren Aspria scored and Lodero hit back with a penalty and, this, and the Timbers thought they won they're on their knees begging yes we won we won but they didn't and it went to penalties but they prevailed Aspria scoring again to force the game into you know it's just a beautiful atmosphere, beautiful game. But, like Steven said, it was the greatest game, the greatest advertisement for a league that no one watched. Jumping next, we saw Sporting KC play Real Salt Lake, and what was a really weird game, Jake? We thought this game was over early, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, we did think this
1: game we was saw over this early. Game was done, we thought this game was done early, as SKC jumped out to a 2-0 lead within the first 20 minutes. But, Bofos Alcido came back and... Made the game interesting at 2-1. But Ilya scored a penalty to make it 3-1. Then we jump back with Krylak making it 3-2. And we thought RSL was going to get one more really late. But goal line clearances. And the last thing i going to say is by Nick uh, Just It wasn't RSL's day. Daniel Shallby with a beautiful no-look goal in the 97th minute. To give SKC a 4-2 victory. Even though at some times like, it looked like it wasn't even close. Jumping on next, Atlanta United, NYCFC. Mmm, great matchup. Tasty. Steven, I don't think you even watched this game, did you? No, I watched it. Shut up. Okay, okay, you watched it? All right. All right, we saw Joseph Martinez get back on track with a brace. Almiron scored an absolute banger. And it looks like NYC season just continues to fall apart. David Villa trying to get on the score sheet. Cheneau did, but I mean, it wasn't enough as Atlanta. The train continues. Is there still a curse in Atlanta sports, guys? Yes or no? Always. Will always, Atlanta break it? Will Atlanta always. break it?
0: No. No. Nope. Ooh, hot sports takes. They're Ooh. not hot sports takes. They're based on history.
1: <laughs> wow, Stephen, the Historian right there. NYC season ends in shambles after, you know, a great start by Patrick Vieira before he left. Dominic Turrent, you have some questions being asked. Why, why do you keep playing Valentin uh, Castanellos? Why? He, he, was, he allowed uh, Martinez to be onside on the goal and just kept getting the fights. Come on, man. Why do you do it? Why? Final game. That's so Metro. Come on, Red Bulls. Come on. Can they pull it off against future USMS national team manager, Greg Burhalter? The question... was going to be close, but Red Bull got the early advantage of that 1-0 in the 17th minute before Daniel Warrior just decided to, you know, show off and show how good he was, scoring two goals, including an absolute banger for the second one in the 73rd and 76th minute to give Red Bull a 3-0 lead. Uh, Guys, are you expecting an announcement for the U.S. men's national team coach before the England game on Thursday with Gregor Berholtz being eliminated? Yes, of course. Greg Burhalter, future USMS national team coach, out coached by a guy who's assistant at the beginning of the season under Jesse Marsh. Just food for
0: a thought, guys.
1: And that's, that's the press. That's the Red Bull press. Red Bull, Atlanta, Eastern Conference finals. I'm so excited.
0: And there's the full press with our to 5. Alrighty, boys. So, what do we think of the games? That got played out. Let's start with Thursday's Seattle Portland. Can somebody explain to me why they started so late? Like, uh, I get it. It's West Coast, bro. I know it's West Coast, but what are you doing alienating half the country? This this Uh, is a marquee matchup, right, Jake? Yeah. uh, Mr. Fake rivalry?
2: Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't start it like an hour earlier. It would have been nice. Uh, It would have been 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 nice. Not sleep
0: at midnight. (laughs)
2: Uh, midnight god i was uh closer to 1 a.m time didn't end in, yeah it was almost 1 a.m the, the sh- shootout didn't end until after twelve thirty uh central time so it would have been a lot nicer for the game to start at eight thirty if you're if you're living in the central time zone nine thirty if you're living in the eastern time zone um it i, I don't understand how they couldn't have made they, they
0: couldn't have made that work i Even guess 30 minutes earlier would have helped
2: yeah, that I mean, anything would have been would, would have would have been nice. But then again, too, I guess if you're in out west, a six thirty start or a seven o'clock start, trying to get into downtown Seattle, I don't know how big of a pain that is. But
1: uh, yeah, it 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 sucked. But <laughs> it was a fantastic game, though. No? I thought it was a great game. Uh, it was really kind of eh for the first like seventy minutes, and then it really ramped up with all the crazy crap that happened.
0: Hashtag MLS playoffs. What do we know? Uh, And then the game Sunday. Now, you obviously highlighted that, all those games, but this unpredictability of MLS. Do we find this as a a good thing, a positive? The fact that, you know, you have RSL poking the bear. Ooh, can they swing it? You know, you had the same deal with Portland, Seattle. At one point, you really didn't know who was going to win. NYCFC, I guess, scores one, makes it a little bit interesting. The Red Bulls, the well one, they just dominated. The, so the one game that, you know, kind of was, well, that's over.
1: Well, I would say the one game well, I actually have a counterpoint the one game that I thought was like, yeah, this game really there's no like chance or whatever was the uh the Atlanta NYC game. You know, I I think Atlanta had the game uh in hand throughout Red Bull was kinda of getting a little tense, you know? I tweeted out on the Young Sam soccer pod before getting absolutely roasted because, you know, Daniel Royer scored two goals in a matter of, like, five minutes. So I thought Columbus, the momentum was kind of getting on their side because all they needed was one away goal. If all he needs is one away goal, like, there's not that much pressure on you. And even even if Red Bull had scored, all our still needed was one away goal. So I, I do think, hey, the unpredictability is uh, cool and all, but, I mean, i think it made for also really fun affairs too like rsl skc me and jake talked about it uh we thought that the game was over at 2-0 and then rsl comes out of nowhere and makes it really fun that that match at
2: rsl skc match was nap football after the first uh th- okay well let me let me do a better job of explaining this here first 15 minutes was pretty exciting skc you know goes up 2-0 and then it, from about the twentieth minute onward until God, I don't even know uh, when RSL scored their first goal. It was nap football. I had a hard time. I, had a, I was I was in charge of tweeting that game, and I had a really hard time of watching it. It was it was very boring. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys agree. I I remember at one point in time I almost tweeted out this game is nap football,
0: and then RSL scored. So <laughs> let me tell you, listeners, in our group chat here at the show, Uncle S- Sam Soccer Pod. Follow us on Twitter, on Sam Soccer Pod. Give us a five-star rating. Jake will make predictions, and for some reason, he always jinxed them. It is always the jinx of Jake. Hey, they're not going to score here, or the Vikings are going to do this. Turns out to be the opposite. Always, no matter what the sport is, who is playing, where the game is, it always goes I, against Jake.
2: I jinxed uh, LA Galaxy two weeks ago when they were up 2 nothing at halftime, and I... I... Basically said, well, this game's over, and then they ended. That was at halftime, and
1: then they ended up losing three two. That was it. But I mean, that game was kind of unpredictable, man. I, I honestly, I had like, oh, Galaxy pencil into playoffs, and nothing. Like you know, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. I guess. I mean, the, that collapse is pretty, Terrible. pretty out there. I don't think anyone else expecting it. But let me ask you something, guys. I watched all three games, like a true MLS fanboy, but uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> I know y'all watch bits and pieces. Who do you think was the most impressive team?
0: Well, in that's this round moving forward. Uh, Five thirty-eight has it a, a dead even to make MLS Cup between Atlanta and Red Bulls in the East, and then Sporting KC is a sixty-five percent favorite to thirty-five uh, percent of Portland. And to win MLS Cup, it's a toss-up pretty much between Atlanta and Red Bulls getting. 36 and 35 percent of the share so as far as being impressive today i don't know i think atlanta showed a real backbone after the collapse at the end of the season and you know the red bulls there was pressure on the red bulls believe it or not not because they were down in the series just because they haven't done well in the playoffs the previous five years they won three you know this is three supporter shields in six years but what did we talk about? What two weeks ago? The supporter shield means nothing, and now that you have Atlanta versus Red Bulls in the East, this is the real. This is really what MLS Cup is all about. This, the winner of this, is playing for MLS Cup, pretty much. I think both of them are single-handedly the favorite versus Sporting KC or Portland. This is like the European Championships when France played Germany in the semifinal round, and the winner was going to play Wales or Port- uh, Portugal. But everybody knew the real, you know, battle for the European Cup was between Germany and France. And that, you know, it was the semifinal that was really the real final or should have been the real final. I think this is a repeat. Now, I don't know if Portland or or, or Sporting KC will go on and win it. They really will, possibly could. But Atlanta and Red Bulls really stuck out to me because it's kind of like these two teams are single-handedly the best in MLS. They're neck and neck and they're significantly better over the course of the regular season, sporting KC and Portland. I mean, do you guys know the the point differential between these clubs as far as standing goes? Do you know how much well, higher they
1: finished? Well, off the top of my head, Red Bull at seventy one, Atlanta at sixty nine, SKC at sixty two. And I want to say sixty two, and then what Portland at what, fifty four or something like that? Dead on. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it, there is a big difference between the two. and it, I think I was really excited for the prospect of an Atlanta Red Bull uh, Eastern Conference final. I think I've been telling you all this. Those matchups between those two teams are exciting and fun. That 3-1 game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium was so entertaining. And they had that what, 2-0 victory uh, by the Red Bulls over Atlanta in Red Bull Arena. I think the Red Bulls really showed this round why this year might be different and that this year should be different. Because they came and provided a complete performance. Sure, at times it was a 10 minute span where I was tweeting where the crew, you know, got some momentum. But I mean, outside of that, the Red Bulls really pinned them back and to have Daniel Royer come up big with some, with two big goals. And it was just a complete performance. Tyler Adams going up and down the pitch in the box to box. I thought it was a really great performance. But like you said, Atlanta also played really well too. I thought. They would struggle. I think Jake and I, we talked about a struggle against the team at bunkered, but they never got to that situation. And I think that's the important thing. If Atlanta can prevent those teams from bunkering and getting those situations, they're fine. They can play the high pace up and down football all, t- all day. But if they get in that bunker position, I want to see how they react, especially if the team that's really tactical disciplined, like the Red Bulls.
2: No doubt. No doubt, Armand. I, I, for me, for me the, the team that I was most impressed with this weekend, or this week rather, since there was a game on Thursday – uh I think I was most impressed by Portland, to be to be quite honest Ooh, with you guys. I like that. I thought Portland showed that you know they, they can rise to the occasion when they when when adversity is kind of thrown in the face. They I mean, celebrated
0: as if they had won the game. How's that how can you say that? Yeah, that that's impressive?
2: Yeah, and guess what? They went. they thought they won the game. And then they find out they didn't win the game. And they had to go to PK. I'm sure that was kind of a punch in the gut for some of them. And they go in. that was hilarious.
1: That was hilarious. I mean, it was guys, hilarious.
2: But not, that's not at Simon that point. I mean, let's 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 look at how the game develops here. I mean, they go down one nothing uh, in the second half. They they get an answer um, to 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 make it one one. That now they're leading on Ag, and then Seattle off that Rui Diaz goal in the was it 93rd 94th minute there, Armand. Uh, the 93rd, yeah. 93rd minute off the volley. I mean, that a hell of a goal, by the way, that was, I was, I was laying in bed watching that. And I, I kind of yelled, <laughs> <about that. laughs> laying in bed, Um, but that was a hell of a goal. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a gut punch right there. You think you have, you think you have the, 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 the match wrapped up. You think you're going to advance to the Western conference final. And then Seattle gets that goal. And then stoppage time, not stoppage time, sorry, extra time. They get that goal right away, right out of the gate. And then Seattle pulls it back. And time and time again, Portland had the match, and they lost it and and showed the resolve to stick with it, knock it down on themselves and they were able to get the result and I think out of all the teams I watched this weekend they were the they were the, the most they looked they looked like they you know, they they showed me a lot, and I, I had to imagine this Portland team's licking their chops to to get after that s k c back line they looked terrible today,
0: oh my god!
2: By the way, there's a little sneak peek to my prediction. I got Portland
0: moving on. So, (laughs) Anyway, um, before we move on to the counterattack, the Eastern Conference Final, let me just repeat uh, what I told you guys in the pre-show. May 20th, Atlanta lost to Red Bulls at home 3-1. Then they went to Red Bull Arena September 30th, lost to Red Bulls to nothing. So Red Bulls this past season have dominated Atlanta of an aggregate 5-1. So I don't know if that's going to change anything. Red Bulls are uh, the higher seed. Therefore, the first game is played in Atlanta. Does that benefit, Armand, quickly, does that benefit Atlanta that are playing at home first? Can they get out and try to score a couple of goals and then, you know, see if they can hunker down in Red Bull Arena?
1: Yes, I think it would really it really helps them because they can play at that track meet pace. But. The problem is Red Bull has had their number and they've they've figured out ways to control that track meet. And I, I that's just, the most important thing.
2: I disagree, Armand. I think I think it's actually uh a detriment to them. Oh you Have, do? Having the first leg at home. Because what's what's Red Bull gonna do
1: right off the gate? What are they gonna do? Bunker ball? I, I don't think they're, I don't they're think gonna bunker I don't down. Bunker. They're I do not well, I don't think Red Bull bunker. What what Red Bull does is not necessarily a bunker. What they do what I think they'll, what I think they'll do at least, unless Armistos those are huge surprises. They'll, uh, tr- they'll try to press Red Bull or Atlanta either in their own, in Atlanta's half, Atlanta has the ball in their own half, or towards towards the midfield. Um, they could bunker, and you're you're honestly probably right. They probably will bunker, but I don't I don't see that. I see them pressing a lot higher up the pitch, trying to force a turnover right there and try and hit them on the counter but i mean what we talked about before the the way to beat Atlanta is to hit them on the counter so i mean i don't know we'll see but that's a good, that's an interesting point Jake you bring up the bunker ball
0: meanwhile the west portland and the sporting kc played to a nail-nail draw june 10th at providence park the return leg if you want to call it that august 19th at children mercy's park sporting kc dominated a 3-0 win over portland all right, the coaching matchup, Armand. Peter Ramin's done, been there, done that, versus Gio Savaressi, who's a rookie head coach. Is this a significant point going into this Western Conference final?
1: I don't think so. I think a more significant point uh, is more of how bad SKC looked for that last stretch in the second half uh, versus Portland's momentum going in, into the match. Portland's on a high. SKC, you can say they're on a high but not really. Look at that matchup and saying, wow, we almost blew that game while Portland's coming in saying, yeah, we came on the road and pulled off a very big upset. So it'll be really interesting to see, uh, especially that midfield matchup. Valeri, Blanco, uh, Diego Chara, you know, up against Ilié uh, Gutierrez and whoever, whoever they want to put in the third. Some of his is crowded, but I don't think it will be. Um, should be a really interesting dynamic between those three, especially with Diego Chara and the impact he can bring on the midfield, but I don't think coaching will be as big of an impact as uh, just, I guess, recent form. That's the right word?
0: Yeah. Uh, Jake, do you want to tell the listeners the dates for these games? Because we do have an international break to pause everything right up here regarding MLS Cup playoffs.
2: Sure, sure. I believe if memory serves me correctly, not just thinking off the top of my head here, i actually looking at it. I believe the first leg is November twenty fifth, which I believe is a Sunday. Uh the matches the uh, Atlanta Red uh, Atlanta New York match starts at five o'clock with the Portland SKC match starting at seven thirty. These are Eastern times by the way. Um then, second leg, you're gonna love this, Stephen, because you're you're uh <laughs> you love MLS net scheduling.
0: Second leg will <laughs> yeah, be it's November a of genius.
2: It is a work of genius. Uh, Second leg will be November 29th with the first match being Red Bull Atlanta. That'll be at 7 p.m. following with Kansas City and Portland at 9.30
0: p.m.
1: Oof. be a rough weekend
2: night.
0: There you go. Well, we'll talk more conference finals next week. We'll get a couple of fantastic guests. We've had them on the show before. Small little tease there for you. But let's get to the counterattack with Jake Watroba. Fast-paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. It's the Counter-Attack with Jake Retrova.
2: Alright boys, it's Counter-Attack time here on cool. Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Got a, got a few topics for you guys to discuss, so we'll get right into it. First topic, here we go. Let's talk about the midterm elections. What?
0: I'm just wait, oh, that, wait, that was a knuckleball right whoa, there. Curveball, <laughs> Jake. Yeah, man,
1: I was about to get my, 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 uh, my 538 Nate Silver predictions going on, man. I'm More. just
0: kidding. I'm oh, just kidding. I got you guys. I got you. Yeah, man. That was man, good. Sure. Was, that was good. I was like, where are you going <laughs> with right. this, Jake? Stop it right now. <laughs>
2: I mean, I. It, I mean, if you want me to, I can tie soccer into the midterm elections. We can talk about Miami uh, getting the vote for the stadium. San Diego. Oh. And we can talk about San Diego, uh, that whole thing falling through if you want to talk about that. But we're not going to. Because uh, that's not sexy. That's not sexy. And we're about sexy here on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. <laughs> All right, here we go. First topic, we're going to talk a little U.S. men's national team. Let's take it to our boy Grant Wall of Sports Illustrated. You guys love Grant Wall. Uh, Grant Wall tweeted on November 8th. That was, what, two days ago, Thursday? Uh, Hearing U.S. soccer is in the final stages of its men's national team coaching search is hoping to make an announcement by the end of 2018. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, guys, given the, I think you've kind of, we, we, you asked this early in the show, Stephen, but with the Columbus crew being eliminated tonight, are we going to hear an announcement this week?
0: No, it was Armand that said before Thursday that we're going to get the new, uh, coaching, uh, coaching search is going to be complete and have the new head coach named Armand. Um, Greg Ball, Bear, Greg Bearhalter doesn't know how to play tournament football but I don't know, after the showing he had in, at Red Bull Arena today, I, I have my second doubts, man. I really do. we
1: wait a year for Greg burhalter <laughs> That's not what should happen. The reason why I say Thursday is because the United States plays England in that Wayne Rooney testimonial match uh, on Thursday. So, I mean, I feel like it would make a lot of sense if they announced it either on Thursday or before. Uh, are we expecting to see burhalter I really think so. I think they see him do a lot with nothing, and they hope that he can do that with the U.S. Ms National team. I just hate that he waited over a year for this guy. You could have hired, I think he's an easy hire you can make you know, in February or something like that. Why why wait a year for an MLS uh, coach that got bounced out of the Eastern Conference semifinal against a guy who's at the beginning of the season? Come on, man.
0: I agree. Come this on. is dumb. U.S. Ms National team coaching search has been dumb. a joke. Absolute joke. Why dumb. wait all this time for that? Moving on.
1: Speaking
2: speaking of jokes, let's talk a little NYCFC. Uh, I guess this isn't isn't really a joke, actually. Uh, It's actually kind of embarrassing, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Christian Areos of the Athletic NYC uh, tweeted this earlier today following the NYCFC-Atlanta United match. Uh, Dominic Torrance, the head coach of NYCFC, said to... Christian Ureos. Uh P-word, P-word being the expletive here, uh, you can figure it out, uh, disaster, I'm, I don't know how to say it in French, I'm assuming it's French, or as best translated given the context, you effing disaster, my way three times. Earlier he stopped his answer to ask me what I thought of burguet's performance and also said I was a clever man for asking why burguet was left off and Castellanos subbed on. Guys, what are your takes here on uh, Dominic Torrent's uh, comments towards Christian Arreos?
0: Uh You're fired. That's it. That's all yeah, I have to say.
1: That's a, that, 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 that's a weird interaction. You disaster. You bleeping disaster. You bleeping disaster. You're a clever boy for asking about <laughs> not putting in Joe and Gimbardo. Come on, man. That's, it's embarrassing. Torrent has been really, eh, as coaches at NYCFC. I think he felt that he'd get to him. In that moment, do you think they keep him for one more year? I don't know. He's
0: fired. Out. Cause... See up. Can't say that uh, word. I don't
1: think so, Steven. I don't think so, Steven. Can't say that
0: word. You cannot say that word. You're gone. You're, this is the same organization that financially dopes. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: <laughs> this is also the same organization. This is also the same. Sorry here. Cut you guys off. This is also the same organization that hasn't really done too much uh, to deal with its uh, Nazi problem in yeah, the well, stands. So, 100%.
0: Fair point, Jake. So probably not gonna get fired, even though he should be.
2: Yeah, probably not. Let's move on here. Let's go to the final, final subject uh, of the counterattack. All right, let's talk a little USL Cup. Louisville Ooh. City FC versus Phoenix Rising FC. Louisville won. It was Didier Drogba's last game. Uh, you guys both watched the match. I watched the match uh, a little bit of it, flipping back and forth between some things. Uh, what were your What were your takes on the match? I mean, Louisville was playing at the University uh, of Louisville Soccer Stadium. It looked like uh, had a decent crowd there. Had, uh, was much louder than the FC Dallas crowd we saw <laughs> uh, uh, a week ago. What were your guys' take? Like just, just in general, like maybe like on the game, uh, on the talent drop off from MLS to USL. Give me your guys' thoughts. Well.
0: Jake, can you a- answer me this? Did the winner because they're second division get promoted? Is that how it this works? This is
2: the this is the a uh, uh, is <laughs> This is the only time I can remember the uh second division winner winning back-to-back titles and not also winning promotion.
0: Oh, oh, okay. No, on a serious note, I think the game was fun to watch. Yeah, the talent drop-off is significant to MLS, and we get spoiled with MLS even though many of us, including myself, complain a lot about the talent level in the league. It was a fun game. It was cool to see Drogba, you know, forty years old, trying out there to win a cup. The fans were on top of it. It's it's cool to see these smaller markets with their soccer team because, in, in some aspect, you do. It's like the FA Cup. You know, when you watch it here in America, you see these towns get behind their clubs. It's just. Honestly, it's just too bad that they weren't playing for promotion or relegation because it would be something people freaking watch. Slash end
1: rant dash Steven Yeah, man, that's...
0: <laughs> I
1: can't believe it, man. They've won back-to-back titles. They still can't get promoted. And what Louisville City is doing is right. It's the right way of developing a club. Can we agree on that, Steven? You had the chairman on. Uh, you talked to him. He's developed. They're developing a stadium. They broke ground on that. Uh mm-hmm. instead of playing at Slugger Stadium, they moved it uh into that stadium at Louisville. Uh they produced a nice club that's been winning titles left and right. Um MLS bid in the future. Would MLS be silly to let this team go right by their right by their uh hands? Yes, what do you think Steven?
0: Yes, absolutely. Now Jake, uh- um sorry, Armand. You you saw a significant drop off with the talent. Like that was your point.
2: I did. I want to answer Amon's question first. Uh MLS will not allow Louisville City to be an MLS club. It's too close in proximity to Cincinnati if I remember Ooh, correctly. Uh, that... does not does not make any sense for MLS Nashville? Or Nashville, whatever you want to say. It's too close to your the... geography. I don't know. I'm looking at a at a blank word doc or <laughs> a blank word document right now. Not a map. I'm not don't I'm not Rand McNally. Sorry. I'm not sure if you get that that, that reference. Uh in terms of the talent drop-off, yeah, it was pretty significant. There was things, there were like, some of the plays, you watch some of these guys make and it's like, you, like, I never thought, like, when you watch the Premier League or La Liga or the Bundesliga or, or any league in Europe and you watch some of these players play and you go to like MLS and you're like, wow, these guys, like, there's a lot of things in these European leagues that these MLS players can't do. And then you go and watch USL and then go watch an MLS match and you go, Man, I I didn't think like I thought MLS or MLS was, you know, in terms of talent was kind of scraping the, the bottom of the barrel. But then you look at USL and it's like these guys are really there's there's a lot of things these guys can't do. Some of them are very sloppy on the ball. Um they they, they can't really beat anybody off, you know, taking anybody on, on one-on-one besides maybe a couple guys. Uh it it was very apparent that the second division of US soccer is is lacking some.
1: So, do you think it's a good place for players to develop? I would say, I mean,
2: for a young player, I, I don't, I don't see why
1: not. Um, is like, but it's like an age where we're like, hey, okay, maybe like you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 is good. But then maybe after 20, twenty twenty one, we're like, okay, hey, pushing it a little bit.
0: Well, it yeah, depends on how much playing long. time you get. Like if you're gonna get ten minutes in MLS versus a thousand minutes in USL, you take USL all day. I mean, as a youngster, the the most the the most beneficial thing you need is playing time. You need repetition against equal or greater talent are you going to find that in the USL maybe maybe not but putting and sitting on the bench isn't going to do you any good
2: agreed agreed i think that if you are a up and coming academy player you're 16 17 maybe 18 years old sure go play in USL if you are kind of like a once in a i don't want to say generation but if you're one of the upper echelon academy players in MLS, you were you know you're one of like the the you had the potential to go play in Europe. I don't think you need to play in USL, and you can make the jump right to MLS. I mean, look at SKC, they're doing it. Look at New York Red Bull, they do it. Dallas does it. Uh, I mean, Armand, you can really speak to Dallas considering they don't have a USL affiliate. So, uh, no, I, I I think it's a good proving ground for some young players, but not all young players need uh need time at USL. I think they can make the jump right away.
1: So let me ask one more question. So. We saw the difference between USL and MLS. Now we're now we're adding USL League One below the USL Championship. What about that gap and players developing in 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 that uh, area as well? Because I think we saw what OCB, Orlando City B, Toronto three, Toronto yeah, Toronto FC's team, uh, FC Dallas's uh, uh, team. But a lot a lot of these reserve teams are going to be in. Uh, I think Madison Pro Soccer has uh there was reports they have a deal with uh minnesota to be like an affiliate of them so a lot of these guys gave minutes in usl league one i mean do, do you guys still believe in hey minutes are minutes no matter what or is there a point where you're like okay quality has to matter uh, quality matters a little bit
0: well isn't it gonna raise with three leagues gonna cr- raise everything up i mean <clears throat> i i I've spoken to people in the, the third division uh, and they all say it's gonna be a league that hovers around the ages of nineteen to twenty six. It's still a developmental league. The, the, now this is talking the third division. So the the question is, how is talent going to get fluctuated through the leagues? Like if you're, you know, if you're considered the MVP of the third division, is there a stepping stone to get bought up to the second club? Like how is this going to work out? Can other clubs have the freedom to buy other players? In, or, you know, make trades for other players. How is this all going to work here? And, you know, if MLS, like, can these Division Three teams go to MLS that are not affiliates and be like, give us a loan. Like, we want to loan us this player for the season. Like you see in Europe, Chelsea, Jake does it phenomenally well. Where they are literally loaning out players left and right to clubs all across Europe. How, how is this going to work within U.S. soccer? Because the affiliate thing, I think, is completely stupid. Because it's MLS MLS is in command of that team. Rather than giving the freedom to the individual club and saying, Look, I'm on loan. FC Dallas, if you want to recall a player, you're allowed to, but that's it. He's not coming back. Then you gotta pay for his wages. Mm. Or whatever the deal is. So I think there's gonna be problems to you know that will appear and it's going to hinder the growth of the sports as far as talent-wise on the field if we do not allow players to actually move through the pyramid. And will MLS look at these lower divisions and spot a 21-year-old and be like, maybe we should give them a chance? I mean, they barely do it right now with exactly. USL. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I definitely think you
2: draw. If, if you're an MLS club, drawing from the USL talent pool is definitely a market... Inefficiency right now. I, I do think there are some some qual some, some players in USL that could be good rotational players within MLS. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that works. That's kind of been the big gripe with USL and MLS is how do you have that? I know everyone likes to use the stupid example, which drives me up the wall. You know, how, we don't we don't have the Jamie Vardy story with because uh, we don't have promotion relegation. You know, so uh, how are how are we going to have the the U.S. Soccer's version of Jamie Vardy.
0: If well I want a Jamie Vardy story from U.S. Soccer, don't you?
1: I don't. Is it? Is it like Mark Anthony Kay? I guess. I mean, that's Mark Anthony K. That's, right now? that's that's, that's close
2: thing. But for every Jamie Vardy story, I mean, think of the thousands of players in England that don't never it. amounted to anything. I mean, it's just one. It's just one. One example.
1: I want to. I want to shine light on. Uh, a player, uh, on Louisville City who didn't play. I think you guys probably heard his name mentioned a couple times. Uh, Cameron Lancaster, man. This guy, he's, he's, he scored. I, I, I want to say it was on that Christian Ramirez, uh, uh, thing, Jake, where he's like one of the U.S. players that scored one of the most goals in the last like two or three years, but he's never got like a call up or anything or anything along, along those lines. I mean, you're, you're no gonna one, no, up. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Jurgen would. <laughs> I mean, look, look, here's the thing. No, they don't. I know we're going to go off on a tangent, but they don't draw from this USL talent pool. But you know who did? And you know who benefited from it? Defender of the year, Aaron Long. Went from S2, bounced around, ended up at New York Red Bull 2, and now is a part of the, <laughs> the team in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's, it's worked. If you do the right scouting, it's worked. Mark Anthony Cable's on a tear before he broke his ankle in uh, El Trafico, the, sec- the second match. All these guys. <laughs> they 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 can show out and okay there's some that maybe don't show out like maybe like okay Stephen Pino wasn't that great uh throughout the last few matches but at least take a look that's all we're asking no, that's all we're asking you're right just take just take a look
2: just take a look that's that's all we want to know anyway that's it for the counter attack we we rambled on way longer than we it's the
0: longest counter attack in all of history
2: war yeah, and, sports
0: and, and, that that was and, a, but did we score probably. Who knows? Listeners, let us know. Was that even a good account on attack? Onk Sam Soccer Pod. At Armand At Jake Watroba. At Steven Jodrand. Yes, MLS playoffs are well underway. Fantastic games. Issues all around. U.S. soccer. Playing England. International break. We'll be back next week. We'll talk more MLS playoffs with a fantastic guest. He's been on the show before. And yeah, maybe we will actually be talking about a head coach. Maybe. Maybe not. You know, with U.S. Soccer, have a wonderful week.